there's none like you lord jesus oh blessed redeemer how we love you lord how great thou art oh isn't he wonderful amen i feel like we could just keep singing all morning amen certainly appreciated what you said about worship my boys were listening in on the friday night young people service they really enjoyed it too i don't know if brother john's here this morning but thank you brother john amen why don't we just bow our heads together if we could heavenly father lord how we love to sing your praises oh god lord these songs they just mean so much to us and lord every day it just seems to become more real we just know, Lord, that your coming is at hand. Not only is at hand, but, Lord, we're living right in the midst of it, Lord. Jesus, so many things happening around us, Lord. And ever since your seals became unfolded, we've been just taking one step forward at a time, knowing, Lord, that one of these days our next step is going to be across the curtain of time. And, Lord, we won't have to live in these corrupted vessels anymore but this this corruption shall put on incorruption this mortal shall put on immortality lord jesus just come this morning and have the preeminence lord bring maturity to our lives lord jesus bring us to the place that you want us to be lord you know our needs this morning lord you knew who, who would be here and who wouldn't be here you knew who would be uh, online and who would be listening in father you know everyone you know the secrets of our heart lord though we can hide behind computer screens we can hide at home but we can't hide from you lord you know our hearts you know the thoughts and the intents of our heart lord and you're able to come and speak personally to us not just here but in our homes lord father everywhere we are gathered this morning won't you come lord jesus and brood upon our lives lord Father, we just give you praise and ask that you take the reading of the word, the hearing of it, and just anoint it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Well, it's certainly a privilege to be here. Good to see every one of you, so many friends and, and loved ones, and, and uh, so wanted to bring the family down and, and uh, be able to to see everyone and, and just enjoy time with you all. But when they brought in the new regulations, we felt, well, it would be best to just leave them at home, but felt that the work of the Lord has to keep going on. You know, I was thinking our, our premier, he, I was thinking we have a very brave premier, you know, put all these regulations in. We can't even bring our families to, to visit their, their, their homes and their families for Christmas. And, well, I thought, well, Unless maybe, I didn't look, but maybe his mother-in-law had already passed away. I'm sure I'll hear about that one next time I talk to her. It's good to be here. And this is the line. I heard about this line. My father-in-law is one of your trustees, so I get to hear about all the, what you guys all have to implement and what you have to do. But I don't mind this. You know, some ministers, they like to get right down into pistol range, but I don't, I don't mind the long-range stuff myself. You know, my boys and I have tried to get out hunting with them a little bit the last couple years, and, and uh, it seems we always, we can only get, we always seem to find them about three, four hundred yards away, and 
But we try to get them anyways, and by God's grace, we managed to get a couple deer uh, three or four hundred yards away, and, and uh, when they ch- start trying to get away, it gets a little bit harder, but we managed to get them anyways. It took a few shots, but, but we got them anyways. So even if the devil might be hiding at long range this morning, we'll get them anyways. It might take a few shots, but we'll get them anyways, amen? Why don't we take our Bibles together? Turn to the book of Joel, chapter 2, and also Romans, chapter 8. Just try to get in the channel a little bit this morning. Forgive me for just sharing some stories, but I find it hard to relax up here and just need this Holy Spirit to come and have the preeminence. get to talking and then I stop turning and you're all waiting for me patiently and Joel chapter 2 we're just going to read verse 23 scripture says be glad then ye children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse Why don't we just start a little bit earlier. Let's start reading at verse 14. So many good scriptures in here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word. You could have your seats. I want to speak this morning on harvest time, and Brother Branham says in the message adoption, the third adoption service, he says, what's everything waiting on? What's the whole creation waiting for? The manifestation of the sons of God. It's waiting for the church to become into its position. Amen. So that's what all of creation is waiting on, is waiting for this day, waiting for your day, waiting for the, the age when the, the sons of God would be manifested, when they would come to their adoption time. We know there's been sons and daughters of God down through the ages, but there was a certain allotted time when maturity would come, when the fullness of times would come, when that which was in part 
would be done away with, and that which was perfect would become the complete word. All that was needed to, to bring maturity to the church would come. Those things that were sealed up in the book that the angel said, John, don't write those things. Seal it up. Hide it away. It's not for this day. It's for another day. And all of creation was groaning, was waiting, hungering, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. Looking for the fruition of the promises of God. Looking for the completion of the plan of God. Looking for everything to come to its maturity, to its finality. That, that, that the plan of God would be completed. That all of creation could be redeemed. Because, because uh, all of creation is waiting. Waiting is, is in this unredeemed form, this corrupted form, not, not, not because it wanted to be, but because of the fall of mankind, and it's all waiting on the redemption of mankind, all waiting on the completion of God's plan, the manifestation of the sons of God, that it could all come back into the perfection of God. So that's what, what the world is waiting on. And we can read in, in Revelations 3, in verse 21, it says, the Bible says the, the message, in the message to our day, the message to the Laodicean age, it says, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So this message now was come and was come in the, the, in the seventh day, to the seventh age, during the time of that seventh angel, when those mysteries would be finished. During, during that time, he's saying, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. And whenever God is looking for an overcomer, whenever he's looking for overcomer, then he, for an overcomer, he always provides the word that's necessary to bring the overcoming. So if we're living in the age of the manifestation of the sons of God, then God had to provide a word that would produce manifested sons of God. It would ha he would have to provide a word that would take us beyond children, that would take us beyond the birth, that would bring us to a grown-up stage, would bring us to a, a time of maturity so that we could overcome. Because the overcomer will sit with him in his throne, the Bible says. Isn't that what the Scripture Scripture says, we'll sit. Is it on? Is it on? It's on. A, a word that would overcome pride in this age because in, in this age, people would say, oh, we are rich. We are increased with goods. We have need of nothing. What is it? They are lifted up in pride. They say, we don't need God. We, they, they become proud. So this word then that would come in our day, this word that would be brought to the overcomers, to provide overcomers, to overcoming power would be something that could help us to overcome that pride. A word that would give us the strength to overcome the deception of Satan's Eden. Because the Bible says in the last days the spirits, would, the two spirits would be so close that it would deceive the very elected if it was possible. But why is it not possible? Because God would send a word that would, that would, that would, uh, that would expose Satan's traps, that would expose Satan's deception in this day and, and enable the bride to come to a place where she can't be deceived, where she can't be shaken, where she can't be moved no matter what the devil comes at her. Why? Because she's being matured. She's being brought to a place where she's fit to rule, where she's fit to sit in the throne. 
So God had to provide a word that would enable his bride. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't say, now I want you to overcome in this age and then not give you the ability to do it. But God always provides a way. To become manifested sons. As it says in Ephesians 4, that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro. No more children. So what is it speaking of? We know Ephesians is the adoption book, is the placing book. So it speaks about our placing. And, 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 and God now sends, the scripture says he sent us gifts, uh, apostles and prophets and pastors, teachers, evangelists, for the perfecting of the saints. Not so that we could just be born. Not so that we could just be children. But he sent them because he wanted you to be perfected. He wanted you to go all the way. Why did he send it in this age of adoption? Because in this age, we had to come to a place where we would be fit to sit on the throne. So he had to send a message that would be perfect message. That would be exactly what you need to, to completely mature your life in Jesus Christ. That you would henceforth be no more children. So if we're not children, then we would be adults. Mature people, ready to handle the meat of the word, ready to handle making decisions. No more children tossed to and fro. It's easy to convince a child. I remember we used to drive to church with one of my brothers, and we'd, we'd go by fields of, of, uh, of buffalo, and he'd say, look, look at the camels. And pretty soon, my children, whenever we would drive by, look, mom, look, dad, there's camels. Children are very easy to convince of something that's wrong. And we would just shake our heads and one day you'll grow up and realize that those aren't camels, those are buffalo. But when you're children, it's easy to, to convince you of something completely different than the truth. So God wants us to grow up to come to a place where, where the devil can't say, look, that's a camel, when it's really a buffalo. No more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. So, so that means that there's men that are crafty, anointed by Satan, and they come in craftily. Why? To deceive, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So Satan's got his deception in this, in this age, in this day, and he's, and, and he's trying to lead people astray from the word of God. But God sent you a word. He sent you an overcoming word that would bring you to a place of maturity so that no matter what kind of deception, what kind of wind of doctrine would come your way, it wouldn't shake you. It wouldn't move you, but you would just keep moving forward. You would say, that's wrong. This is the truth over here why because you're not children any, not children anymore so to do this God had to provide that overcoming word Jesus had the word to overcome when Satan came against him he didn't call for for legions of angels and say get rid of this guy throw him out he's bothering me no he just overcame by the word there wasn't nothing the devil could do because Jesus knew the word, knew what he needed to stand on, knew the word for each situation because he was a mature son. Paul had the word to overcome for his day, and we need the, over, the word to overcome for our day. You can't overcome without it. 
You can, you can have as much willpower as you want. You can try to hold on. But someday somebody's going to come along with an idea that sounds pretty good, that matches with your personality, that matches with how you think life should be, and you're going to be led that direction. It takes the word to overcome. Our willpower won't do it. How did he say that he would do this then? How did he say he was going to bring this overcoming word? Because we want to know what the word is for our day. Because we, want, we have to overcome in our day. We don't have to overcome Luther's day. Just, just living by, oh, the just shall live by faith, that isn't going to bring us to maturity. That will bring us to justification. That will bring us to a life of faith in Jesus Christ. But that won't bring us to maturity. In Revelations, or in Malachi 4, he, the Bible says, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He'll turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. So God said, this is how I'm going to bring that word. I'm going to bring it through a prophet under the anointing of Elijah. He's going to bring that word that will bring your faith back to that place. And you're going to need it. Without it, we won't, we won't have enough faith to overcome. We won't have a faith because we won't have a perfect word. So we need that word restored back that our faith can be restored back. In Revelations 10, the Bible says, In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, all the mysteries of God will be finished. So in, in this day of the seventh age, in order to overcome, all the mysteries had to be finished. Unless the mysteries are finished, then we couldn't overcome. What's the overcoming? Coming to a place of maturity where we are able to sit with him in his throne. So without the mysteries being revealed, we couldn't come to that place. Because the Bible says in the days of the voice of that seventh angel that he would reveal the mysteries. They would all be finished. In Joel 2, it says, I will restore all that the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the locust has eaten. I will restore all those things. Why? Because we're going to need it all. So God knew what we would need. That we would need more than just a little sprinkle here. We would need more than just a, a little bit of food over here. We'd need more than, than just, a, just a little microwave dinner over there. But we would need the full word of God to take us all the way to maturity. So he said in his word, I'm going to send it. Look for it because it's going to be there. And it's going to be a sign that the last days are upon you when the fullness of the word comes back. How much word is it going to take to produce those manifested sons? It's going to take all of it. So we read in Joel 2.23, he says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So he was going to send both the former rain and the latter rain because you're going to need all of the rain in order to come to maturity. Brother Branham says in the message, A Resume of the Ages, he said, God isn't going to plant a new church, but is going to bring his original planting back to original seed. He is doing it as stated in verse 23, by the teaching or former rain, next will come the harvest rain or rapturing faith. 
And Brother Branham said, rapturing faith or rapturing grace is lying on those tapes. So it's all been there. It's all provided. It's all, all the word that you need to come to maturity for your day is all laying there. God provided it. Why? Because he wouldn't expect you to overcome if he didn't provide you a word. But he said, there's going to be overcomers, and I'll grant that they'll sit with me in my throne. So he provided a word that you could overcome. Brother Branham says in the message, the rapture, but have you noticed this has been sweeping for 20 years now and there's no organization and there never will be. This is the end. The wheat has come back to the wheat again. The wheat has come back to its grain. The shuck has pulled away from it and the wheat must lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. That's where we're at, saints. The wheat must lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. But if you got wheat that didn't get any rain, it's not going to get ripened in the presence of the sun. It's going to be withered. It's going to die. It's going to be just a little stem that's going to shrivel up and become nothing. No good, no, no reason to bring the combine along because there's nothing there because it didn't get any rain. But God sent the rain. He sent the former rain and the latter rain so that there would be a mature crop there to lay in the presence of the sun, to come to maturity. He said in the message, Christ is revealed in his own word. He said, the thing that's the matter with the message today is those who obtain it in their hearts. All right, so they've obtained it in their hearts. Now he's going to tell us what we got to do now that we got it in our hearts. He said, must lay in the presence of the sun to get ripened. All right, so we got the word. We received the word. So now we can go out and do whatever we want, right? No, but he says, now that you've got the word, you must lay in the presence of the Son and let him ripen that. Let him bring that to maturity. Let him bring, let him bring that right to the manifestation of what it was meant to be. He said, you can pick up the message. Let's read that again. You can pick up the message and then let the Son bake all the greenness out of you. See, making matured Christians. You can pick up the sun. Did you ever think about a little wheat plant that's growing there and the rain falls upon it and it grows and it grows and it, and it, and it, and it grows up into a plant and then the rain comes later in the season to bring it out, to produce a crop, to bring it out into the full head of wheat, bringing it back to original wheat. And then as the sun comes out now in the heat of the sun, when it's preparing for harvest time and that, that strength of the sun now begins to shine down upon it, it pulls all that moisture up through the plant to mature that seed that's there. So he says, now you can pick up the message and then let the sun bake all the greenness out of you, making mature Christians. So now as you lay in that sun, all the strength that was laying in the message, all the word that you've been feeding on that was provided for you in this, in this day is going to be drawn up through your life, making you a mature Christian. How's it going to happen? You've got to lay in the presence of the sun. Every day, everything you do, when you go to work, you're laying in the presence of the sun. When you go through trials, you're laying in the presence of the sun. When you go through difficulties, when you go through sickness, you've got to lay in the presence of the sun. He's molding you. He's maturing your life. 
Why do I got to go through trials? Why do I got to go through hardships? Why is life so hard? Because he's maturing the crop. And if you haven't been feeding and drawing from the rain, then you'll wither and die in those trials. You won't make it through because you won't have the strength of the word behind you. But if you fed upon the word and you've filled your heart and you've, and you've laid before Jesus Christ and let him pour himself into you, then when the trials come and the hardships come and God is molding you into a mature Christian, you'll stand the test of time. And it might feel like the trials get harder and the, the things get more difficult. Why? Because you're maturing. See what I mean? God is coming soon to receive his church. And we must have that type of Christians for him to receive. The wheat has got to be ripe. Amen. We can't wait for the Lord to come out. Oh, I'll fix it all when Jesus comes. Oh, when Jesus comes. No, he's here already. The word is already here. The fullness of the word is already here. The answers to all your questions, the, the solutions to all your troubles, they're already all here just laying in the word, waiting for you to draw from it. Crop needs certain resources in order to come to maturity. It needs a planting rain, and it needs a harvest rain. These rains have to come in their appointed time. And the scripture says, I'll send you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. At the end times, he says it's going to take everything. It's going to take the former rain. It's going to take the latter rain. That it's going to take the, the teaching of the word of God that restores the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. And it's going to take a rapturing faith to bring maturity to the bride, to bring her to a place where she's ready to sit on the throne. These rains have to come in their appointed time, and we've reached that appointed time. We're already past that appointed time where the rains have fallen. The planting rain has come. The rapturing faith is, is all laying there. The harvest rain, it's all, it's all laying there. And all the moisture has come. So if we don't feed upon it, then we're not being recipients of that rain. So we can't expect to come to maturity. We can't do away with it. We can't say, well, it's good enough if I come to church. It's not good enough to come to church. You've got to feed on the word. You've got, to, you've got to have the rain. Or when you sit in the presence of the sun, you won't be able to handle it. When the preacher comes and preaches to your life, you've got to fix this. You've got to clean this up. You've got to make this right. You've got to do that. And the Holy Spirit is, is just beating down upon you. You'll leave a frustrated man. You'll leave upset and, 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 and uptight and you won't know what to do. And you'll think, my, why do I even go to church? The preacher's all just railing on me. Why? Because you haven't been feeding on the word. You don't have the rain there to draw from. You got you to gotta draw from that message. You got to draw from the word of God. Well, if I just read my Bible, that's going to be good enough. But no, it was sealed up. The angel told John, don't write it, seal it up. So if you just have the Bible, then it's still sealed up. You won't, you won't have the, 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 the full benefit of it. So you've got to have that message that came in our day 
to bring us back to that original faith and provide rapturing faith in your life. The rains can't come after the harvest. That's not going to do any good. You got a withered crop laying there in the sun and all of a sudden it begins to rain. The farmers aren't all happy saying, oh, it's been dry all year, but now we're so thankful we're getting rain in October. We're going to have a great harvest in December. No, it's already too late. It's already a write-off. It's already done. The rains had to come at their appointed time. So if we're living in harvest time, if we're living in rapturing time, that means that the word is already laying there. The strength is already laying there. All that we have need of is already laying there. We can't have too little rain before. Can't have rain during the harvest. You don't have the combines out there and it starts raining and the, com, the, com, the, har, the farmers are in their combines saying, praise the Lord, we're so glad it's raining now. No, they shut the combines down and they get out and they go back home and they wait till the rain stops and the crops dry up once again. Even if it gets a little frosty in the morning, they got to wait till that frost dries off the crop so that they can get in there. It's no more going to be no more great sweeping revivals over the nation. Oh, if we just had it like back in Brother Branham's day where the whole country was turned upside down and my, everybody was just so happy. You can't do it. He won't do it. You'd ruin the crop. It has to line up with nature. Oh, you'll have a personal revival in your life. Because there's a moisture that's there. There's a strength, there's a fountain, a hidden fountain that you're drawing from. All the moisture that's necessary to provide a, a mature crop is laying there in the ground. And now you, as God's wheat seed, can draw from that moisture all that you have need of to, to grow in Christ Jesus, to grow, to, to come back to original seed, and not just come back to original seed, but mature. All the greenness baked out of you. The moisture's there. Everything's there for the revival in your life. Everything's there to bring you to maturity. Everything's there that you need to rejoice in Jesus Christ. Say, oh, you come to service and the preacher's preaching hard and he's preaching right at you, but you're just rejoicing. You're saying, thank you, Lord. That's what I was praying about. That's what I was wondering about. That's the answer I was searching for. When you go to work and the boss is hard on you and, and all your coworkers are, are teasing you and giving you a hard time for being a Christian and for trying to live right, you're saying, thank you, Lord. When sickness comes along and strikes your life and knocks you down on your bed and, and you can't get up and you're wondering, how am I going to make it through? You're not getting bitter and saying, oh, God, why me? Why do I have to? No, you're saying, thank you, Lord. Because there's a source that you're drawing from. And you know that God is just baking all the greenness out of my life, out of your life. Lord, what do I need to see in this situation? Lord, what is it that you're showing me? What is it that you're, that you're baking out of my life? Lord, take all the extra away. Purify me by your word. Mature me in Jesus Christ. And no matter what comes your way, whether it be financial trouble, doesn't matter. Because you're, you know you're in the presence of the Son. And that all these trials that he's bringing you, the, 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 the trials of your faith, bringing perfection in your life. Let patience have her perfect work, the Bible says, that you might be complete and entire. 
So as we go through sufferings and trials, and we're just being patient, patiently enduring, knowing that God is having his way in our life, knowing that God is in control, knowing that just a little longer and the trumpet of God shall sound, just a little longer and that combine's going to come through. There's been spiritual food stored up. Oh, we're not weak. We're not, we're not weary. We're not tossed to and fro because there's been spiritual food stored up. You've been feeding on it. You've been, you've been pulling from the source that's been provided for you, that's laying there just for you. Why did God send it? Not just because he felt like it. Not just because he thought, well, it would be a good idea. I'll just dump a bunch of rain down on the earth right about now. No, because he was thinking about you. He said, I got a bride, she's coming. And Brother Branham would look back and he'd say, and he'd get discouraged and he'd, and he'd, and he'd, and he'd lose the feeling for the, pre, for the people and he didn't want to preach anymore. And, and, but God showed him, no, you're going to go out like Eliezer calling a bride for me because God, had, God knew you would be sitting here. God knew you would be feeding on the word. God knew you would be looking for maturity. So that's why he sent it. He sent it for you. So that you can be who you were meant to be in Jesus Christ. So that you could be seated in your position in Jesus Christ. So that you could be unshakable, unmovable, like a tree planted by rivers of living water. And that seed, when it comes to maturity, it's got to be tested. When you take that seed in and you, you want to you wanna sell it, you want to you wanna send it to, 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 be, uh, to the factories, to whoever's going to buy it from you, it's got to be tested. Well, what kind of a seed are you bringing in? What kind of a seed are you trying to sell us? The man standing there ready to purchase it from you, he's not going to just take your word for it. No, he wants a sample of that seed, and he's going to bring it in, and he's going to test it to see if that is indeed original wheat seed. He wants to see if you're, if you're trying to sell original wheat seed, he wants to know that it's not been hybrid, so he's going to test it. He wants to know that it's not been contaminated with some other seed, so he's going to test it. He wants to see that it's not too green, that it is indeed come to full maturity before the combine came through. So he's going to test the moisture content of the seed. He's going to test it, make sure the Lord's going to check and see, are you really a believer or are you just a make-believer? Oh, and you see the word of God come down in its power. And you see people leave. People go this way. People go that way. Oh, why are they out in the world? Why? Because they couldn't stand the test. You were just pretending to be original wheat seed. But one day there came along one who knew the secrets of the heart. And he began to speak down to your soul, begin the word, begin to pour down into your life, and that test began to come forth. And if, if you were just make-believing, if you were just putting it on, it was too strong. You couldn't handle that. Rejected. This is not my son. Lord, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Haven't we done many great mighty works in your name? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never even knew you. You wanted to make sure that this seed has not been genetically modified. It hasn't been corrupted with some kind of worldliness. A little bit of the world here, a little bit of the world there, just to make life a little better. Just to make life a little easier. Oh, my children, I don't want it to be too hard on them, so I'll just let a little of this in. I'll let a little of that in. Genetically modified, 
believers won't stand the test when God puts you through the test. Abraham had to be tested. If he wasn't the son of God, he would have failed the test. But when God said, take your son and go sacrifice him upon the mountain, Abraham said, amen. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is possible, but I and the lad will go yonder, and I and the lad will return. I know God will make a way because he promised me this son. So, so if he promised me this son that, that, that he would be my heir, then, then he's got to give him back to me. He had confidence and faith in God's word. He was original seed. Elisha had to be tested. Are you going to keep your eyes on the word of God? Are you going to get distracted by this idea and that idea? Oh, Elisha, stay with us. No, I'm going with the word. Oh, Elisha, stay with us here at Jericho. No, I'm going with the word. What is it that you want? Give me a double portion of your spirit. Well, if you keep your eyes on me, if you really keep your eyes and you see me when I grow, you'll have what you ask for. He was true seed. He was able to keep his eyes on the promise. He was able to keep his eyes on it and not get distracted by worldly things. Jesus had to be tested and he passed the test. God took him up on the mountain and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased to dwell. Brother Branham had to be tested. Like a wave sheaf, he was waved before the, over the people that we all might come to that same maturity. He wasn't tested for his grammar. Well, can, can you, can you uh, say the old English just the way that it was written in the Bible? No, he wasn't tested for his grammar. He wasn't tested to check his knowledge. Oh, now what year was it that I appeared to you on the river? Oh, my, was it, was it a star or was it an angel that came down? Did I come to you in a cave? Oh, what year were the seven seals revealed? What was each one of those seals? No, he wasn't tested for his knowledge. But he was tested for his life. What kind of life was on the inside? Was it real, genuine, original seed? Or was it some kind of a hybrid seed? And when he, when he went through the test, he came through and passed the test. That's my son. He's just like me. You've kept my word. I'll, you've kept your word. I'll keep my word too. Won't you walk with me? Oh, don't we want to hear the Lord say that to us? Oh, you're going to be tested too. Oh, we want to walk with the Lord. We want a body change. But are we willing to go through the test? Are we willing to, to, to pass the test? Or are we just discouraged every time hardship comes our way? Oh, surely I thought the rapture would come. What's this COVID-19 all about? Oh, my, I'm just going to give up. Couldn't pass the test. You won't be tested in church. The angel of the Lord's not going to come down and say, all right, now what's, your, what's the church attendance like? Pull out the records. Has this brother attended every service? Has he been there every time? Oh, no, he missed the service. He was working out of town. Should have refused that job. No, he's not going to be tested for your church attendance. He's not going to be tested for your knowledge of the seals. Oh, do you know which was the first horse rider? What color was the third horse rider? And we get our big multiple choice exam. Was it red? Was it yellow? Was it purple? Was it green? Uh, A, B, C, or D? All of the above. No, we're not going to be tested by some multiple choice exam. Oh, are we really original seed? Do we know? Do we know that? that do we know Jesus? Do we know? Do, do we know the? 
what year Brother Branham was born? Do we know what color his hair was? Do we know what kind of suit he liked to wear? Do we know what year the seven seals were unveiled? Do we know where, where, where the angels came down? Do we know where the cloud was photographed from? We're not going to be tested according to your knowledge. But it's going to be a life test. It's going to be a test. What kind of a life is on the inside? What kind of a seed is, has really been produced in your life? When the Lord comes by your way and tests you, he's going to want to see what kind of a life is there. As you go through trials, the Lord is looking what kind of a life is there. As you come to church and you hear the word of God preached, the Lord is looking what kind of a life is there. Are they receiving it or are they just here to make up an appearance? I'm just here so people see me. I'm just here so that people know I'm here, so that people will think I'm a believer. Or are they here because they want the word of God? They want the correction. They want to be molded. They want to know what the Spirit is speaking to the church. It's a life test. But it's okay if you fail the test today. The Lord doesn't just burn the crop. When the farmer goes out to his field at harvest time and, and he sees the crop is coming to maturity and he goes down and he, and he looks and, oh, it's a little bit green still. My, I'm disappointed. I really wanted to get the combine out today. And my, I guess we'll just bring out the tiger torch and throw some gasoline on it and burn it down. But no, his life is invested in that. His time's invested in that. His, his, his savings is invested in that. It's, it's, his, it's his work that he's invested in. So if he goes to it today and he finds that there's still a little bit of greenness in that wheat seed he's just going to come back tomorrow and check it again he's going to come back and test it again and and see because he knows that the sun is there he knows the sun is shining down upon the crop and so he knows because the moisture is laying in the soil and the sun is shining down upon it that it has to come to maturity because all that was needed has been provided. So he knows that if he comes if today and it's a little bit green, then he just has to come back tomorrow and check it again. So he'll come back. You might have failed the test today, but he's going to come back tomorrow and test it again and see, has my child come to maturity? And if you haven't come to maturity tomorrow, he's going to come back the next day and test you again. So the only way that you cannot come to maturity is if you stop feeding on the word. If you stop laying in the presence of the sun. If you stop letting God, letting God move in your life and perfect you in Jesus Christ. If you get bitter and you get upset and, and, you, and you turn away from God and backslide, then your maturity is going to stop. Get back to God. Don't miss church if you can help it because God is trying to perfect your life. As you pray, you, you can look in the Bible and you can see, see Cornelius when he was praying. He was a man, a, a devout man, the Bible says, and he prayed all the time and, and he did alms to the poor. And an angel came down to him in a vision and said, Cornelius, your alms and your prayers have come before the Lord. And and and. And there, I think the word is there, a memorial before God. I can't remember the exact word. I don't have it in front of me. But, but he says, the angel come and, comes and tells him these things. But Cornelius didn't leave there and say, an angel came and told me that my alms and my prayers have come before God. Which one of you could say that? Surely if anybody's going to make it, I'm going to make it. 
But no, Cornelius, the angel came to him and said, Cornelius, your alms and your prayers have come up. Now go get this preacher. And he's going to come and he's going to preach the word of God to you that you and your house can be saved. There was an Ethiopian eunuch one day. He was on his way down to Ethiopia. And there was no church around. There was no minister around. He was just reading the word, trying to understand it, but he couldn't understand it. There was nobody around to tell him. God could have sent him an angel. God could have sent the wind down. God could have, God, God could have come himself, said, said, eunuch, I'm going to send you down to Ethiopia to preach the gospel. So here, let me just lay it out. See the scars in my hand. See, see the scar on my side. See all of these things. Let me expound to you the Old Testament and the New Testament. No, he got a Philip, a preacher, and he sent him down. He caught him up, and he brought him down where the eunuch was. He said, now, Philip, preach the gospel to him. There were some saints over in Macedonia one time. They were praying, saying, Lord, we need more of you. Lord, we need you to come on the scene in our situation. And God spoke to Paul in a vision. And there was a man from Macedonia saying, Paul, come and help us. God sent his minister over that way. So don't miss church because God wants to perfect you. And he sent you a five-fold ministry to bring perfection in your life. It's God's provided way. Why? Because he wants each one of you to benefit. You might have a burden about something and be praying about something and and, and feeling strongly about something and you're seeking God about it. Why doesn't God just come to you? Because he wants the whole church to benefit. Because there's no temptation but what is common to man. So you got a burden, you got a need, and you're pulling from the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit's going to come down on your minister and anoint him to come and speak in a certain way. He might not even know what he's preaching about. He might not even know who is praying. But he's coming and you're saying, sitting there in the pew saying, thank you, Lord. That's just what I needed. That's just the answer to my prayer. And meanwhile, not just you is benefiting, but the whole church is benefiting. From your prayers, from your burdens, from your desires, because God is moving. Perfecting his church. The Bible says the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. They're not worthy to be compared to it. It says, let patience have her perfect work that you may be complete and entire. We've got to learn patience. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience. God wants to add patience to your life. That's a hard thing. That's a, it's not easy to learn patience. It's not easy to, 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 to learn in that way because patience means we got to wait. God's teaching us to wait on him. God's waiting, teaching us to wait for his answer. So we got to learn to be to be patient and not be quick to jump on what we think is the right way, what we think, but be patient that we might know God's will in our life. Patience is such an important work in our life that it brings us to completion and entirety. 
The Bible says, let patience have a perfect work that you might be complete and entire. Sons of God, manifested in your day. This is the hour of the manifestation of the sons of the living God. What hinders you? Let me ask you this morning, what, what have you let come in the way of your maturity? God wants to mature your life by the word. He's sent the former and the latter rain. He sent everything that we need that we might come to complete maturity. Everything that we need is laying there. The question is, what have we let come in the way to keep us from feeding on that word? If we look in our own and we search our souls, I don't know what you do at home. I don't know what, how you spend your time. But if you look in your own self, you have to search your own heart. Search out your own salvation by fear and trembling. Search out your own self in your own heart. And, and, and if, you, if you look at your life and, and you see, I haven't spent time reading the word. I don't spend time reading my Bible. I don't spend time in prayer. I don't spend time in the message of the hour. Then how are you going to come to maturity? All of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're all waiting and they're looking at you. If they could look at your life and say, why are you doing that? Why are you so distracted? We are waiting for you. Look at your life. Look at what you do. Look at how you spend your time. And if you see yourself not maturing, you see yourself frustrated, you see yourself upset, start to look, am I feeding on the word? Am I feasting on the word of God or am I distracted by this or distracted by that? If you don't feed on the word, the trials will kill you. The trials will bring bitterness. The trials will bring you away from Christ. The correction of the pulpit will bring you away from Christ. You won't be able to receive it. But you've got to feed on the word. Trials more precious than gold, the Bible says. Oh, taking that word and making it live. Oh, we think, oh, why do I got to go through this? Because that word is it that's inside you wants to live out through your life. Jesus Christ wants to be manifested through you. Wants to live through your life. Wants to show the world around you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That the same life that the apostles lived is still alive today. The same one that was in them is the same one that's in you. Jesus wants to manifest himself through you. So trials come your way and persecutions come your way. Because God wants to live through your life. God wants to express that attribute of his. You are an attribute of God, an individual attribute. We're all different. God expressing himself in so many different ways. But if you don't feed on the word, you won't be able to handle the trials. They'll be discouraging. They'll be frustrating. But when you feed on the word then as you go through the difficulties of life and the trials of life, that word will begin to live through your life. Will begin to manifest itself through the things that you do, through the things that you say, through the way that you handle situations, the way that you speak to somebody that's ridiculing you, the way that you respond to, to the situations of life.
you've been a partaker of that rain, there's strength there. There's a strength on the inside. Just let go of the distractions. Paul says, lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us. Pressing to the mark of the high calling in Christ. Let me just find that scripture for you. Hebrews 12, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience. There is again that word patience. Let us run with patience. Oh, we think if we just lay aside the weight and the sin, oh, then it's just going to be one straight blast to glory. Oh, my, we, we, we come to the altar and we lay it all down. We think, oh, my, it's so wonderful. I feel so good. The rapture is going to come tomorrow, surely. It's just going to be just one quick, short sprint and we're across the finish line. That's how we feel when we laid it all down. But Paul says, no, now let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Oh, run with patience, expecting God will bring you to that promised end. God will bring you to maturity. God will bring you overcoming. God will bring you overcoming in every situation, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. His word has provided a way. His word has provided an overcoming as we feed on the word, as we, as we just let it come and express through our lives. God will bring overcoming in every situation because because the word for every day has to bring overcoming for that day. And the word for our day says, He that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. So let us run with patience. Oh my, I'm really patient. And we get caught up in this and we get caught up on that. Well, I'm just patiently waiting for the coming of the Lord. And, and we're, we're, we're chasing this idea and we're chasing that idea. Well, when the Lord comes, then, then I'll know and I'll, and, and I'll get serious then. But no, laying aside every weight and every sin that besets us, pressing with patience, the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, keeping our eyes on him. What is it? Laying in that presence of the Son, letting him bake all the greenness out of us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the same, the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh my, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Oh, just keep considering him. Just keep feeding upon that word, lest you be wearied. Because why? We are under the presence of the Son. So if there's, if there's not enough, we know when there's not enough moisture there, when you get in the sun, if you don't have enough water to drink, when you get in the sun, you get weary and faint. So how do we then gain that water? Looking unto Jesus. Keep looking unto Jesus. Keep feeding upon the word. Keep feeding upon what he has given in our day. So that it will keep us, that we won't be weary, we won't be faint, we won't begin to wilt in our lives. 
but will come to complete maturity in Jesus Christ. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Oh, amen. Let go and let God have his way. As the musicians come this morning, Brother Branham says, I'm going to read the quote again. The thing that's the matter with the message today is those who obtain it in their hearts. I believe I'm speaking to believers this morning that have obtained it in their hearts, that have fed upon the word of God. The wheat has come back, or sorry, uh, you can pick up the message and then let the sun bake all the greenness out of you. See, making matured Christians. Amen. That's what God is bringing you to. He wants you to be mature. And so he's provided all that you have need of to bring maturity in your life. Why don't we stand together, sing that song, let go and let God have his way. Your sorrows will vanish, your night turned to day. Doesn't mean the trials will all disappear, but no, you'll be looking to him. You'll know that he's in control. You'll know that it's for purpose. You know that he's bringing maturity and knowing that he's in control, knowing that all things work together for good to, for them that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. Knowing those things, your sorrow will vanish. Your night will turn to day. Well, let's just let him have his way in our life. Let go, let God have his way. song, I want God's way to be my way. I want God's way to be my way as I journey here below. Oh, for the 
Bible says, those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. As Brother Ed comes, I want God's way to be my way. Make it our prayer. For there is no other highway that a child of God should go. Though the road be steep and rough, if He leads me, it's enough.
conditioned us. It's a world that looks for a quick fix to every solution. It's a world, and if I could say even a church world, a Pentecostal age that we just came out of. And an age where they would look for just that one anointing, that one thing that will just put us over the top. And we maybe as ministers can be guilty of that. But yet, and then there's also maybe another group that's always waiting for something, looking for something down the road, waiting for something to come, something to happen, something to, to be there. When it's already happened. The scripture our brother Stephen referred to in the book of Joel was, it'll come to pass in the last day, I'll send the former rain and the latter rain together. The former rain, which was as Brother Brandon would say, a teaching rain, a mora rain. It was a rain, it was a planting rain. But then there came a harvest rain. And he says, I would send the both together. Now, now we could look at it and say, there's been a planting, but with the planting, there's a strength to bring to maturity. In other words, when God planted something, it will bring forth. Isaiah 55, as the rain falls from the heaven, it will bring forth. Brother Brandon would make statements. He would say, now that the seals are open, the Spirit directs us to the Word. So it's not a rain that just falls and, and you know, it just, but I'll say, it's a rain that brings forth the nature of the seed that is already in you. And I'll say we have received something that has not only given us just, just a watering on top, but it's actually got the very nutrients you need. I, I don't know. I, I trust that you can see I'm not the same as I was yesterday. Or maybe that's too soon. Maybe I'm not the same as I was last year. Don't the, the maturing, I'll, I'll tell you what, you, you, until you actually get there, you don't even know what it's like. You, it's not he who says I'm mature. 
It's when God says we're mature. It's when God says, now you're in place. I've, I've listened to the brothers ministering and they've been taking out of the adoption series and they've been taking, you know, our molding and our shaping and our maturing. Brother Moses has been on the adoption. What are, what are we talking about? A church that's coming to maturity. A mature bride, an elect lady. How often Brother Branham would say in the message, wouldn't you want to see a church rise like that? There's a quote out of Perfect Faith that I've, I've, I've just been reading out of Perfect Faith, and it's a message that I've gone to a few times, but Brother Branham would talk about it, and he would, he would use this, and he'd say, how can you compare a Christian today with the Christians of long ago? Those disciples, they walked in the power of the Spirit. They moved by the Holy Ghost. Prisoners to the Word of God and the will of God, they wouldn't even move until God moved them. I, I believe, as our brother Stephen was talking, not distracted by this, not distracted, but the focus has come right down. Brother Ben would say it's a razor's edge between right and wrong. I'll say as we're coming closer, there's a pressing in. There's something that we're doing. In Revelations 10, let me finish the quote before I say this. He says, wouldn't move until God moved him. Wouldn't you like to see a church rise like that? Now he says this, it's going to. It's got to come. That's right. It's on the road now. Oh, praise God. That ought to give you rejoicing. I, I, I got a sticky nature, a sticky flesh, a sticky outside. Don't all look at me with halos on your head. You've got it too. You all do. We all got to fight through it. But on the inside, there's something you can't stop. That's got to bring forth. That's got to come forth. That's what this rain was for. That's what the opening of these seals was for. If God demanded perfection, then God had to send a word that would bring perfection. Evening time message brings evening time results. This is the season that we're living in. Brother Marion, you wrote that song. Now I gotta think of it. Receive me in the coming of the Lord. I believe that's the season we're living in. God's done something. It's not, not we've made ourselves. God's done something. And he doesn't push us, but he put inside of our seed a desire. And we keep pushing forward like that lily. The light has struck the seed already. You can't stop it. It's not good enough. Just, just to say, well, you know, I've checked all the boxes. I got an understanding. But there's something in a bride that wants to go a little further, that wants to please her Lord, that wants to fulfill all that was written of her. Are you happy to be living in this hour? The world can't see what's happening in your life, but you can. Oh, are you happy to be under the sound of this gospel? This latter day rain, it's falling. Like do. Let's let's sing, Brother Marion. Oh, receive me in the coming of the Lord. I've been made the final voice 
Sister Lydia, they've been serving the Lord for many years. God bless them. We thank you. Nice to see you again. You know, there's many that have fought. But we're living in a season where it's even the young. You watch somebody that comes and catches the message. I'll tell you what, there's a maturing that's happening very, very quickly. You watch, you watch a plant that comes into maturing, a tomato plant. What do you do? You prune off all the other things. You prune it off. All that life goes back into the seed, into the fruit. In Anointed Ones, Brother Bannon would say, he would talk about the fruit of the season. It's their teaching. It's the Word. It's got to come back to the original. We've got to come back to the original. I'll tell you what, there's a there's something we're yearning for, something we're desiring. Well, let's just change the order. It's manifesting time. It's manifesting time. The voice of my beloved, behold, he quickly comes. Amen. 
Redemption draw the night. He's a lovely one. He's coming.